0: once upon a time you say I'm going for a run or I'm going for a swim or I'm going for a ride, you know, now you will say I'm going for a swim run and and you'll stick the kit on and and go out and just do it as a, you know, kind of just to explore the nature and and, um, with no real kind of, you know, pace or goal in mind, you know, it's become not only a training form of its own, but a a recreational activity to do uh, on its own too. These these kind of just exploratory sessions where you just go out without a plan and and, uh, just know you've got a couple of hours to yourself or with a mate to do it, to get outside and
1: enjoy it. Welcome to the Low Tide Boys, a swim run
2: podcast. I'm Chip. And I'm Chris. And this is episode 43 of the show. This week we have Shane Kaplan. If you don't know who Shane is, well, we think that you should. He's an Australian living in Sweden who's witnessed the early days of Atalanta. He sailed the world, skied all over the world, raced the Xterra World Championship. He's a marine biologist that happens to work at a bank, and last but not least, he's a swim runner. So just a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on in this
1: episode. Very interesting human. Super interesting.
2: And more on that later in the show.
1: Yes. Now on for our training update. We're getting dangerously close to race day here. Very And dangerous. we're doing uh, the Odyssey Storm on Austin on November 8th. It's officially taper time. So we are going to send a formal apology out to anyone that we might be grumpy towards in the next week or so. And we'll be out there starting on Chip will be out in Austin on Friday, myself, and Chris will be coming in Saturday, but we'll see everyone at at race briefing, and we will be distant, physically distant, and we will also have masks, multiple. And if you need a mask, we'll just probably bring like 50 (laughs) so you can have some too. All right, so for shout outs this week, we
2: thought uh, we were going to shout out a whole group, a whole segment of the listener population. We did our first Instagram live event, uh, which was like a Q and a with Lars fenanger race director for Odyssey Swim Run and Odyssey Swimrun Austin that's coming up. And it was just really cool to see so many people jump on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was like 20 some odd people. We had technical difficulties, but people didn't flip us off. People came back and it was even nice to see some people from Sweden um, just yeah, that was really jump cool. on and And just you know, say hi. Just say hi, (laughs) give a
1: wave, and and then and then bounce out. But yeah, it was awesome. And uh, that is also on our IGTV area of our Instagram page, which is at the Low Tide Boys with the Z. If you want to check that, if you're racing Austin, or for some reason, if you want to see what Chris and I look like IRL, yeah, or and what my backyard looks like, or my fence at least and on to the feats of endurance weekly award. <laughs> this week's winner is Tom from Amsterdam. He's been a member of our Low Tide Boys Strava club for a while and we've been he's been catching our eye with the training. We see you Tom. We see you riding your bike around, doing some running, doing some swim running. So if we ever find ourselves uh, in Amsterdam, uh, you could show us a couple cafes and uh, take us for a run or other things that you do in Amsterdam. Owl time for everyone's favorite theme song segment this week in swim run
2: All right. So we have a really short report this week. There were no races that we could find uh because of COVID. Races in Portugal, Spain, Italy, and even here in America, North Carolina were all scheduled to go but ended up being canceled or postponed. So be safe, wear masks, pras- practice social distancing and yeah. In other news, swim runners all over the world got an email this week from Atala with the sad news that their season is over. Given the COVID situation in Europe, their last race of the season, Malta, was canceled and rescheduled for next year. Um, in the same email, they also listed their tentative schedule for 2021. We've we've added that to the show notes, so you can check that out. And most notably for folks in the U.S., Atala Catalina is now mm. scheduled for November 20. 20- 20th and 21st in 2021. So we're not sure when registration opens or any of that. But as soon as we know, you shall as well. And it's probably a good thing that it's in November, not March. Yeah,
1: I think that's probably probably a smart thing for them. I mean, yeah. honestly, looking at the situation and how it is now, I don't think there's any conceivable race. They pull a race no. off in, in early part of 2021. So no. November seems seems yeah. fairly definitely Definitely in the U.S.
2: where... We're having problems here. But that's it for this week's report. We, we, we don't think we missed anything this week. But if we did, let us know because we, we, we're trying to do a good job with this. So tip us off if you know of races or anything you'd like us to report, and we'll get it on the show.
1: Yes, on to the Low Tide Boys update. So our latest column in Triathlete Magazine is on digital newsstands now or triathlete.com, and it's titled, What to Expect at Your First Swim Run Race. So we've been talking about all sorts of things, swim run in our monthly column for Triathlete Magazine, and this is our most recent one. So check it out, give a thumbs up, share it, like it on Facebook, comment, do all that good stuff. And that really shows the team over at Triathlete Mag that the Low Tide Boys are worth their words on the internet. Okay. (laughs) Uh, You can also head over to our website if
2: you want to pick up some Low Tide Boys stickers or shirts and uh yeah we're shipping we're shipping stuff so if you buy something we'll ship it yep that's how that works that's how
1: <laughs> e-commerce is working
2: <laughs> so uh without further ado i think we should just get into this interview so we wanted to get shane on the show since he first slid into rdms and dropped some knowledge bombs on us like we post something about a pool buoy, some meme about a pool buoy and he would Give us some really thoughtful <laughs> response. <Yeah. laughs> um, and he's a super interesting guy, like we mentioned, he's been all over the world. He also happens to be uh Michael Lamel's like close neighbor and training and partner. Sometimes training and swim run race partner. Wow. So we covered a ton of ground in this interview, everything from early days of Atala, orienteering,
1: paddle, paddle theory.
2: Yeah, like paddle hacking run, open water theory. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff. This was really interesting. And um I'm you know, I, I know I say that, that this is a really great <laughs> episode and I really enjoyed it, and I, I just mean it again. This is yeah. good.
1: I, I concur. So without further ado, let's just dive right in with Shane Chaplin. No relation to Charlie Chaplin. We are not sure of his facial hair status though. Of Shane's facial hair status, <laughs> you mean like the mustache? Thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because isn't that his thing? And we don't know if he's wearing one of those hats, like a top hat. <laughs> yeah, or a bowl- bowler. What? I think it was a
2: bowler, a bowler. Yeah. Pretty sure he doesn't use a cane. I don't think that'd so. be hard to swim. We should probably with. just stop talking. We So with us today, we have Shane Chaplin. He is an expat living in in Sweden. He is, uh, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to put it out there. I, as far as I'm concerned, the most interesting person in swim run. Just putting it out there. Everyone who's going to listen to this is going to understand why. But Shane, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you very much. Gee, that's a big wrap. I, <laughs> I wouldn't sound the most interesting person <laughs> Yeah, you got some big <laughs> swim paddles to so throw. So w- whether
2: whether oof. it's like DIYing your own pool buoy out of soda bottles, or you know, that's just right. just giving us random insight on swim paddles, like th- there's just a lot there. So why don't we start at the beginning? Sort of like how does a, someone from Australia end up in Sweden, and how you discovered swim run?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Well, thanks very much for having me on your show. It's a real pleasure. I've I've never been I've never been potted before, so this is a first for me. Oh. But um, but yeah, how did I end up in Sweden? Well, I um, I've had a relationship to this country, I guess, since the the late eighties. You could say I, um, I used to be a professional sailor and and uh, actually sailed sort of around the world from from when I was sort of basically well, seventeen years of age through to twenty seven years of age, and, and during that time met swedish people so i used to sort of come here on holidays occasionally and um to catch up with them and one of those visits i uh i met my partner back in the early 90s and um you know we've been together since then really so 25 27 years
1: nice uh,
0: down the track all of a sudden and and uh, yeah we've lived in perth in western australia where i'm from for, for about seven years together and then um Decided to, to give her a, a chance at being back in her country and culture. And so we moved here in the beginning of 2004. And uh, and then came kids and that sort of stuff. So so uh, we were, well, I'm well and truly really, uh, stuck here now. We're still together, of course. We're a 15-year-old and a 10-year-old. And, uh, you know, I've landed in this part of uh, Stockholm called Nakka, which is on the kind of archipelago side of town. So I live on sort of a little... Uh, you could say Ireland, but it's actually connected to the to the mainland, 25 kilometers east of Stockholm. And um, you know, it's a beautiful area, surrounded by water and, and forest. But but you know, only 25 k's from from one of Europe's most sort of successful and happen, happening sort of capitals. So
3: yeah,
0: it's uh, it really is the best of both worlds, as far as I'm concerned. You know, the winters are a bit tough to stick, but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, lifestyle wise, otherwise we really have it. Uh, pretty good here I think so yeah that's that's how I landed here and look like uh, been here to stay for for a while longer I'd
1: say. Nice so you have been you've been on the water in one way or another pretty much your entire life it sounds like yeah Is they're on it yeah. or in it <laughs> yeah on it or in it.
0: Yeah I have because after the sailing I I studied marine biology uh, in Western Australia so so sort of I've had two careers if you like I've had the yachty career and then I've had the sort of career within you know Marine aquatic biology, and then more recently now, and sort of sustainability. So somehow, don't ask me how, but I've ended up in a bank. So <laughs> 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 diving on coral reefs and sailing around the world to ending up in a bank that I'm still working with sustainability issues. So that's actually really interesting with the climate change and stuff at the moment. So, so uh, yeah, I shouldn't complain.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I'm getting. We get such a, a trend. It's with. It's a lot with swim runners, but a lot of the folks that we have been talking to have really deep roots and are really connected to kind of that nature piece and it is sort of the the Otolo, the, the Otolo way of you know moving throughout nature but a lot of folks it doesn't matter if they're from the UK or Sweden or the United States like every storm runner we've talked to has like some some really big draw to to just being in nature
2: right it's almost like a like, like It's a like chick- a prerec- it's, like, it's like a chicken or the egg right like what came first like being interested in preserving nature and then you find swim run or you find swim run and then you're like, all of a sudden get super on stoked yeah. on getting into protecting nature.
0: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It's, it's always been a sort of a big part of my existence and I couldn't, you know, really imagine living in a city, I guess in Australia, I lived a sort of more urban lifestyle, but, but in Perth in Western Australia, everything happens on the beach. So you have the nature of sort of right there in the form of the water and the beach right at the doorstep, even though you're, you're living in a pretty, urban environment but but yeah so both my my dad was a a sports teacher all his life and an old surf lifesaver and my grandfather as well so 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 yeah it's um been always a big part of kind of what we do and and then as you you know get into adulthood and for for real and, and have kids and stuff like that you realize that nature's not only a fun place to be but it's a it's a necessary thing for your kind of well-being and survival as well you know so so getting into that is what kind of keeps our keeps our heads and our our mental health on track and stuff as well and and, uh, keeps us uh, as as happy people, you know, so it becomes uh, an interest and also, you know, I think a real necessity as well for people to access that. And I think that's why uh, swim, run and, and, you know, endurance sports in in general are really sort of having a resurgence and a takeoff because we live these, you know, highly protect urbanized sort of lives and stuff and, and something within us is, is longing back to the kind of uh, primal side and, and to and to reconnect and get a little bit wild sometimes you know back to our roots so so yeah it makes perfect sense doesn't it
1: i think if you've yeah. seen chris and i race i would think wild is a good way to describe well if you've if you were in sweden or in the early 2000s you were yeah. probably just right there when, when swimrun was really taking off. How did you kind of first come across it? Were you were you sailing on a boat and you uh you know went through a pack of swim runners yeah, on, like on ran over <laughs> the <to like> swim <laughs> yeah, exactly. or something? Or what happened here?
0: They they're actually like dolphins, you know, they actually swim <laughs> off the boat sometimes and I saw it, I saw them, everyone gets the cameras here. <laughs> <laughs> No, No, this was uh no, so when I came to Sweden it was two thousand and four, so that was before uh swim run and and uh you know, I'm like a lot of swim runners or most of them, I'm a sort of an old athlete and, and uh, yeah, mountain biker as well and surfer and stuff. And, and uh, I often say about multi-sports is that, you know, those of us that are good at nothing tend to be drawn to them. <laughs> if you, oh, absolutely. If, if you, 100%. if you're average at, a, average at a few things, you can be a pretty good triathlete. You know? Totally. And uh so um anyway, yeah, so, so that's, that's where I sort of came from. And, and um so moved out here to, to to this uh place where i live called elia which actually means the moose island quite literally and um and uh, was you know, trail running in the forest and stuff around here and, and open water swimming and so on so so i was doing doing those things before swim, swim run sort of came about and then i actually live very close here to, to michael lemmel uh who, you know is the pilot owner of uh, of a teleur and um, he was introduced to me by a mutual friend when I first came here so we sort of became natural buddies and, and training buddies and stuff and and uh, so you know they started the race in in 2006 and and uh, I think during that summer you know when they or oh, the, the summer before when they were going to recce the course they actually asked me to come along and help them out and that and was a I, I got sick and it was a really shitty day and I thought they were completely out of their minds. So I, I politely said, no, thanks. <laughs> <to> the, <laughs> <to> the, <laughs> to the and the rest day.
2: is history. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And the rest is history. Absolutely. So, so yeah. So then they started the first race in 06 there. And I watched the, uh, the Finns, the Finns on phones, uh, win that race. Uh, the, you know, the two Finnish guys and the blop, uh, Nokia telephone air mattresses that they paddled yeah, across yeah. the finish line. And, uh, yeah, they sort of collected the winner's check and gave a three word speech like Finnish people do, and then promptly got on the ferry and went home and had never been seen since. <laughs> so, but uh, anyway, yeah, 2007, I was going to do the race and, and uh, with a, actually with a Finnish partner that would get teed up for me, but uh, sickness kicked in again. That didn't happen. And um, so she got to do it for real for the first time in uh, 2008, okay. which is still pretty early days. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. My my big brag is that I've actually got a top ten finish in Utule because well there was only twenty teams that started that year and I think we came ninth or something so uh, so technically a top ten in the race but of course we wouldn't be at that standard uh,
2: nowadays you know what with what it's become I'm a big believer in you have to race the participants that are there so if there's three people and you come in third hey congratulations third place
1: podium
0: yeah. Uh, well, I've actually qualified to Xterra World Championships in exactly the same way, coming third out of three in oh, fifty slush nice. <laughs> division, <laughs> about half an hour behind the winner. Well, there you oh, go. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so, showing up, you get your gear points for showing up. Isn't that true? Yeah, you, totally.
2: Absolutely. So, in your first, mm-hmm. so in your first Atala, um, was it still pretty like Wild Westy? Like, were you on bikes that year, or they had already done away with the bikes?
0: Yeah, we're on bikes that year. That's right. It's sort of um big and and that sounds easier. Well. you guys got to bike owner, so so you know, you had it easier that year, but but these are three-speed bikes with pretty heavy gearing, so yeah, it was nice to roll away on them at first and and then roll downhill and stuff. But when you hit the uphills, your legs were so knackered after – sorry, you got to hit your button there, Chris, maybe. But yeah. uh, <laughs> after, <laughs> after uh, you know, you had been going six hours or whatever it was that um, you couldn't pedal them up the hills anyway, so we had to get off and walk the damn things. And, and uh, so it was actually quite tough. But, but, yeah, it was pretty wild westy. We did it. Uh, I did it in a, like, full-length surfing steamer. Uh, wow. wetsuit, three mil, uh, with full long underwears underneath. Uh, wow. Backpack on with fins and, uh, you know, water and all sorts of stuff like that. And, um, yeah, and we had a strategy of, you know, taking the shoes off and putting the fins on at each swim. There were no hand paddles or anything back then. I think I was using webbed um, blue semi uh, gloves, like neoprene gloves. Used yeah. used those a little bit, but they got very heavy in the end, so I ended up just ditching those, sticking mm-hmm. back in the backpack. Um yeah, so but it was a great race, uh, pretty stormy. both years I've had have been pretty stormy with with headwinds on the um, the so-called pig swim, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a fun fun race. I mean we went we, we went sort of shoulder to shoulder all day with these two Navy seals guys from San Diego uh, who came along that year, and um, they ended up getting us right at the end sort of by 10, 15 minutes or so. but um yeah, Phil, Pretty good for Ulrich, uh, my partner and I, because we were sort of two, you know, late thirty-year-olds um, small kids at home and stuff, and we, we'd matched up with these tough guys you know, straight from Afghanistan or wherever they'd come from mm-hmm. <laughs> over the uh, over the day. So, so it was a good good result. And and Ulrich, my partner, he he actually I reconnected with him just a few weeks ago for the first time since the race. Uh, he ended wow. up going away and, and working in Dubai. So we fell out of touch, and then I ran across him in uh, actually at a lake here a couple of months ago. And I said, "Gee, we've got to catch up." And, and uh, I said, "Maybe we can do a race together." And he sort of said to me, "Well, I'm I'm pretty good these days, you know." And it turns out he actually went on in uh, as an ITU age grouper and and became oh. one of the best in in Europe and and cool. you know very sort of high up in the world um, in, in triathlon. So. We went for a swim together here a few weeks ago, and he's still a wicked swimmer. He's a, he's a guy that sort of comfortably swims kind of one twenty pace uh, in the open water, uh, pretty pretty comfortably. So he he flies. So I had a good partner, as it turns out.
1: Yeah, yeah. You really for, for that uh, race. It sounds like you were foundational in his growth that race you well, so you could take a lot yeah. of credit for that i would say <laughs> no no i can't he was already
0: very very good he has a background as a swimmer and, and actually i remember the first year that that we were in stockholm city triathlon club together he um he cracked a two ten for for Olympic distance uh in his first year in Triathlon on his hybrid commuter bike. So he, <laughs> he had a he had oh, a little wow. bit of something in the tank that, that yeah. most people don't have.
2: <laughs> it's funny how that is. Like uh I was actually just talking yeah. to my wife about this last night, how yeah, you can have can have all the talent in the world but there's there's always there's always people who have that just that one level above everyone and it just seems casual but there's it's just it's just a talent it's just the gift that they're just born they with just and, yeah they just got it and if they can find it you know cycling swimming whatever it's just it's pretty funny how they they you know everyone else is super pissed like we're training 20 hours a week trying to do a 230 or something in a in a in an olympic and this guy just rolls up and does a 210 you just want to say like well screw you congrats but screw you
0: Um, (laughs) yeah absolutely i guess some people i mean not to take take away from the hard work but but maybe some people are born just with a with a really good vo2 or you know heart lung capacity a little bit different to others and and uh yeah there's probably a bunch of them hidden in the population somewhere that don't even know they've got they're sitting on that talent perhaps
2: oh for
1: sure right for
2: sure, yeah. Like yeah. Chi- like Chipper might be the best tuba player in the world, but I don't see him picking <laughs> that up. <laughs> Never tried <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so so let's talk a little bit more about. So you've seen swim run in Sweden. You're at the epicenter of where it was born, where it's grown. Um, why don't you take us a little bit like on a history tour from from when you know you met you, you met Michael. You do the race. Like how have you you seen the sport evolve, both in the sense of kind of like the maturity of like of, yeah exactly yeah. like like the maturity of the sport but then also in terms of gear because i know you have a lot of opinions mm. on gear so we would love to we love gear yes. on the show so yeah we, we'd love a okay. to to
0: little bit of opinions on gears but yeah i mean I, well i think the story's been you know told in in your pod be, before as well but 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 yeah i mean there was this kind of Um, you know, the first years were were pretty wild west, and then I did the race again in 2011. So, so I've done the race in the days before you had to qualify, and and then we did it. I I chose to do it with fins again, but people were starting to use hand paddles back then. Uh, we we actually did it with one fin each, so we want to lighten the load. So, we we, uh, instead of putting having two fins, we just used one, you know, as a little bit of extra drive, sort of. Um, but but yeah, hand handle paddles came then, and um. You know, but but uh, there were no specialist uh, swim-run wetsuits, for example. So they have only really shown up on the scene in the last few years ago. So until then, we were you know wearing you know swimming wetsuits, uh, which are terrible to run in because they've got no flexibility whatsoever around the hips and, and they're mm-hmm. you know tight in all the wrong places for, for for trying to run and be flexible over rough terrain and stuff. So 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 yeah, that's an obvious sort of development as well and and then then the dom is as well you know coming into it and and you know people doing their different homemade versions of those and and uh and now you know a few brands of you know commercially available you know super sized is available on the market but what am i saying pool boys i'm so dom is a swedish word there you go i've been here way too long <laughs> yeah pool boys yeah yeah or the uh the uh two-litre drink flask variation that, that I had as well, you know, just to get more float in it. So, so yeah, and I, I really still think this stuff's probably in its infancy a little bit. I mean, you can still count the specialist swim-run gear manufacturers maybe on on mm-hmm. one hand, you know, or mm-hmm. two maybe. So even though the sport's, you know, what, 2006 to 2014 years old, 15 years old now, yeah. Um, it's still, you, you know, the gear side of stuff and, and things are still in its relative infancy, you know, and, and that's because it's starting to break through into the mainstream, but, but sort of hasn't properly yet maybe reached that threshold. Uh, so, so yeah, there's probably a lot of exciting stuff to come for sure.
1: Yeah. And, and we've noticed in the last couple of years, kind of the sort of how fast things are being iterated on and, and, and the gear scene is, is, a, is really kind of changing, you know, before it was like, okay, take your normal, like swimming buoy and, and DIY that and then here we are now, everyone's like, okay, bigger seems to be better. Then everyone's putting out big, giant pull buoys. And then now, and, and same with big paddles, but then people are kind of dialing back on some of that stuff or they're taking a different spin on it. Um, but but definitely to your point about the, the kind of the swim run specific wetsuit, I think is really what kind of unlocked the Otolo from being a 17, 18-hour race for, for folks to be you know low, sub-10 hours. Uh, type of thing is just really freeing up the, the running ability for, our, you know, the 45 or 44 K of running and, and, and that world champion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'd, I'd agree for sure. It's, it's a big, it's a big contributing factor. Most definitely. I mean, the, the, the new suits are an absolute sort of dream to, to run in compared to, to the, the swimming wetsuits. Um, and funnily enough, that's why I chose surfing wetsuits when I first did it, because I know, being a surfer, I know that those suits are built with with good flexibility around the the hips and legs. So, a surf suit's actually not too bad to run in. But of course, it doesn't have the same you know the watertight properties and and flotation mm-hmm. properties that you need for a swimsuit. So, so yeah, right. that, that development's been great. And uh, you know, I think the other things are, of course, the the kind of optimization of the whole buoyancy package and and the paddles as as well as being at the moment at least the the fastest way to get from point. A to point B, not only in the water but but on land as well, um, and then also you know the Ertler course has also you know being being trained on so people are training very specifically for this now as well they're training on the course they're happening for quite a number of years and in fact the the course itself the the actual ground has, has gotten a bit more compacted and and there's more of a defined trail now than there used to be too so oh. so um yeah, and believe me this it's still rough and there's still bits you have to crawl on and and they're still technically really challenging but but it's not maybe quite as slippery and soft as it was in the beginning. It's it's a bit more runnable now than it used to be. So I think all those things have maybe contributed to the to the the times, you know, coming down and down. And I think the other thing here to remember is that, you know, when it comes to multi-sport races, it's not all about being good at running and being good at swimming. It's, it's how you manage to put all that together, you know, in terms of, your, your strategy, so your overall plan for the race, the, the tactics, which is what happens when you meet other idiots out there. <laughs> <laughs> what you have to do when you encounter them, and and then the the gear using to, to make that happen, and and the flow you can put together, you know, with all of that as well. So, so yeah, it's no use having a really fast in water solution if it sucks on the land and, and vice versa. So, so I think we've landed on the, the paddles and pool boy setup because it's it optimally works the best over the whole of the whole thing you know uh, I, mean, I think I think personally I sort of would would like like to see in a direction maybe where there was no hand paddles involved and uh, um you know so it was a bit more kind of natural sort of swimming that's why I always chose to wear fins when you know I did the race because for me that was kind of how I learned to swim in the ocean you know if you had any aids you put you stuck fins on and went body surfing or whatever those so so that's what the, the kind of the feeling I was after kind of, but, but now I've capitulated and I've got a big arc uh, pool boy and, pedals <laughs> and some stuff and then uh, i doing it just like everybody else. So, yeah. and it is definitely the, the you know, the fastest way.
1: It's um, I know it was a bit of time ago, but can you potentially recall how long a, a one single swim exit transition would have been with your fins and, and all your backpack and your gear and taking your fin off and putting in the backpack? I mean, or were you spending two, three minutes per transition on that kind of stuff? Or did you have it, like, really dialed in?
0: We had it a bit dialed in, but but we must have been spending a good minute or so on every one. And even if you do that on Earth-O, I mean, there's 40-odd transitions. So There's yeah. so yeah. two so hours right talking,
3: there.
0: <laughs> you're talking, exactly, you're talking, you know, 40 minutes or an hour and a half right there on, on transitions. And I remember with wearing the long steamer suits as well, I mean, you couldn't run the long runs in them. So we took them off for... Um, for uh, NEMD and Orne, like the two long runs. And so to get out of the wetsuit, you know, completely and then stow that in the backpack. and wow. And, um, and then well, run and around carry
1: with a, a yeah, soggy wetsuit in your backpack.
2: And then also, yeah. I think, and then running in long underwear, right? So you, because you have yeah. long
1: underwear. So you're just like running yeah. in... I'm you know. getting hot just thinking about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's ter- yeah. <laughs> and then putting it all back on, you know, you know how much time it takes to get back into oh a wet wetsuit. So, so yeah. yeah, so I think that first year we did our time was twelve hours right on the dot and Jonas Colting did uh, ten forty or something like that. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah, even the winter time then was not not anywhere near and that was the bicycles too. So
1: not anywhere near what the times are now. And yeah, they're going sub sub nine now. Yeah, uh, yeah. When, when we had yeah. Jonas and on, you- he was he was saying that the bikes they had were kind of like these beach cruiser style. You know, it's not like a racing or a mountain bike. It's like a cruising around the beach type of bike. <laughs> oh yeah
0: yeah no it wasn't they weren't racy that's for sure were, that was kind of like old ladies bikes
2: if you like so, did it have a yeah, basket no, in the front for you to put it did like have a basket backpack?
0: yeah and that was actually the, that was actually really good because you could chuck all your your uh your wetsuit and your and and your energy that you need of the bike ride and stuff in the basket at the front so we uh i remember joking about that as we hopped on them yeah
1: that, that's hilarious so, so, living in Sweden, you are seeing swim runners probably constantly out there and and you have a lot of visibility into kind of training and your own training and and mm-hmm. and everything there i would I would love to hear um kind of what have you seen in terms of training like are people i think people are are swinging definitely to be more hey they're specifically training to be swim runners. They're not doing triathlon, and then they'll jump into a swim run. They're like pivoting their kind of like endurance activities to be definitely more swim run based. Kind of what are you seeing there in, in Sweden?
0: Yeah, no, I think that I think the growth in uh, if you compare swim run to triathlon, I, I don't, I totally don't have any to statistics on this whatsoever. But but we know that swim run growth is 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 pretty good and, and might be outstripping newcomers to to, to triathlon. Um, and, and definitely, people at, at training swim run very specifically now, and, and uh, you, you know, have come across from, from triathlon as well. And, and, and we all know the reasons for that. I mean, I love triathlon as well, I think it's fantastic. But, but um, you know, there's this really expensive object called a bicycle, which you need, which costs, you know, sort of anything from three to ten thousand bucks. And, mm-hmm. and uh, not having to do with that or the sort of long, lonely, Stretches on that thing <laughs> is is part of the attraction of swim run. You know, you, you, it's it's a much more family friendly sort of sort of you know sport to train for, sure. and and yeah. So people are really specialising in it now, and and it's it's kind of felt relatively new. Like if I think about, um you know, I I, I trained quite a lot with with Michael out here. Uh, you know, being being a friend and living close by, we sort of we've, we've Trained hundreds of sessions together, probably, and, and um, but probably you know, swim runs specific, like maybe in the last seven years or something like that. So, maybe like half the time that swim runs actually existed. Because before then, we ran or we swam or we mountain biked or surfed or skied or whatever it was, but we never sort of put the two together in training as such. You know, we just sort of did that before races. Mm-hmm. Most people, people I was associated with, but. But now, you know, we, we go out for swim runs for recreation we, and, you know, we've done that for the last sort of four or five years now. And I said, So I think that's the difference, you know, You know, whereas once upon a time you say I'm going for a run or I'm going for a swim or I'm going for a ride, you know, now you will say I'm going for a swim run and, and you'll stick the kid on and, and go out and just do it as a, you know, kind of a, just to explore the nature and, and um, with no real kind of, you know, pace or goal in mind, you know, it's become not only a, training form of its own but a a recreational activity to do uh, on its own too these these kind of just exploratory sessions where you just yeah go out without a plan and and uh just know you've got a couple of hours to yourself or with a mate to do it and and uh get outside and enjoy it
1: that's that's the same kind of magic that that chris and i experienced that kind of got us originally hooked was just the, not only the adventure was incredible, but being able to kind of share it with somebody, especially somebody if you're if you're friends with or you're one of your regular training buddies or whatever it was just i mean it's something that you you can't really get anywhere else, and being able to race at, at and, and try to perform at, at the best level that that you're capable of and you and your your partner are capable of is just like such a a unique thing to be able to do, and I think that's really what's drawing a lot of a lot of folks to do this once they try it out they're like almost instantly hooked
0: yeah no absolutely and and like you know as you, as you get up in the ages a little bit I'm in you know I'm 53 now so I'm not a, not a sprint chicken anymore so so my ambitions with swim run racing are not to 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 try and win anything it's not really possible it's it's but but it is kind of fun to see how many people of you know 20 years younger than you you can keep behind you in a race of course you, uh, you try we try and keep the egos in check but of course it's uh, it's it's kind of fun to to, to to still race hard and see how well you can do for sure but but it is also for me it is about just the social element too and and uh, the the community and the people and 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 uh you know I, I will always choose a friend to race with rather than choose a partner on the basis of of this person's wicked fast and i can win or do really well with this person you know for me it's it's definitely about the 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 the, the person person <laughs> person side of the person match you know that's really really important so so yeah i've always raced with friends and and um and uh, and my partner as well you know my one of my best one-run partners ever is is my wife and and uh you know we uh we're not married yet actually but we've only been together 25 years you don't want to rush these things but yeah but take it, um, take yeah. it slow yeah. yeah yeah we're taking it slow, so so
2: that time. that's actually a pretty good segue so you mentioned to us that you've done so you've done races with your partner which is great i can't yep. i will never be able to convince my wife to do that <laughs> i don't think but you also race with michael like he you've He's been your training partner, but you've also done events with him. What's that like? Does he just critique and bitch about other courses and things like that, or is he? <laughs> have,
0: you, have you guys seen Mika's uh, serious sign? Have you? Uh, no, we yeah. um, we've, we've only done a few together. Actually, we've we've had ambitions and ideas of doing lots more, but but um, you know he has this race series that he runs, and he's out of the picture for for most of the season. Yeah. So so the, the the windows and the calendar to do that stuff together are. are too few, unfortunately, but but um, we did a local race here south of Stockholm called Ongaloppet probably about six years ago or so, six seven years ago together, and that was his first. Uh, and that was that that was great fun. It was a warm summer day, so there was no wetsuits, it was bare chested, and and um, yeah, you know, we had a happy mid pack finish or whatever, but but um, and, and since then we did uh. I think we really got sort of new passion for swim run. You know, even though we've both been around the course for for a long time. After we did Costa swim run on the west coast of uh, of Sweden uh, yeah. two summers ago in 2018, that was a really fun experience with this huge storm that came through and stuff. And and uh, we really got fired up about things after that as well so so uh and then we tried last year we tried to do earl which is another one on the west coast but after just a few k's i uh, had a nasty ankle twist and uh, so we're full out but um but no we're we're a good team and as i say it's the social part so so a lot of chatting a lot of laughs when we go around um you know of course we try and do well um we, we're pretty evenly matched um in that way I, i'm i'm a little bit stronger in the swim but but for someone that's learned swimming really late in life, uh, Michael's really swimming really well and, um, you know, we're running, we're even and, uh, you know, he's got amazing endurance. So so whereas I might be sort of, you know, sort of maybe half Ironman or Olympic distance might be my kind of optimal distance. I mean, he's one of these guys that that kind of gets warmed up after day two. Right.
3: <laughs> <You> yeah. <know? laughs>
0: having come from that sort of multi day, multi sport background, you know, it's after a couple of days that those guys kinda of tend to get warmed up. So, you know, they have one <laughs> tempo but they can keep that tempo pretty much indefinitely and that's the that's the difference. It's kinda of, it's it's a bit of last man standing on these sort of races. So so being able to go the distance and keep it together that way is uh, it's a real real attribute
1: totally we 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 interviewed Mots as as well and and he was sharing some of his early like kind of adventure racing type event races i guess with with michael and and everything and it's just oh you know day two we we rode horses for like an hour and all this crazy stuff and this is something in the united (laughs) states that is just seems so foreign and and not even possible like from a logistical standpoint that it, I don't know. At least to from like at least a to me, standpoint. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, what are they doing? You know. So it's it is funny, and yeah, they get warmed up after that. After that day two or day three, they're finally okay. I'm starting. To, I'm starting to loosen up. I'm ready to ready <laughs> exactly. to, to go here. So <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I, one dream I've never fulfilled, fulfilled in life actually is doing a multi multi day race like that. I think it would, apart from yacht races, but they don't count because you just sit on the rail and freeze your freeze right. your ass off. But but um, a multi day mountain bike or cycling or swim running or something would be an awesome thing to do maybe i've got to put it on my bucket list
1: yeah i mean yeah try the uh, put it on the bucket list the kraken kraken epic ultra swim run take a look at that Kraken,
0: yeah that's pretty long yeah Yeah, (laughs) it's
2: like i'm looking for two days not three yeah yeah exactly
0: yeah michael's a great navigator too i must say like i i come from a west coast you know dead straight west coast where the ocean's on the left the desert's on the right
3: Uh it's either
0: howling a gale from the ocean or the desert so you always know where you are it's a grid road system so so working out where you are is really easy and and when you come to sweden you've just got this you know kind of ubiquitous and and monotonous forest everywhere and and uh you, you know, you can't tell where the hell you are or what direction's what. And, and sounds uh, awful. So when I, <laughs> yeah, when I go into the forest of Mickey, I just let him take over. He's got this great <laughs> navigation intuition, and, and I usually always fuck it up. And, and uh, yeah, so so and, and that's good too. You need a you need a good navigator partner in in uh, swim run. Someone that, that can keep their eye on the trail because even though the trails are marked. When uh, when you get tired, you start to miss those at ribbons and, and run wrong. Yeah, so, mm-hmm.
3: so and, th- and this
0: is part of the whole endurance, lasting, the distance kind yeah. of package as well. It's, it's sure. keeping your mind switched
2: on during that long period of time. That's that's typically my job when we're on trails.
1: I was just I was selfishly going to ask, how does one become a better like at or interior, <laughs> at at directional abilities? Yeah.
0: Well. There, there are actually studies on London taxi drivers that, that show that the navigation, like the part of the brain that's responsible for navigation is actually more developed. They can see it with, with uh, MRI scans. So, so Interesting. it is a learned thing and, and it is a part of the, your brain. You can grow and you can get better at with, with practice um, for sure. So I've become a little bit better over the years, but I was just hopeless when I first got here. And most foreigners are. They just get completely lost straight away.
2: Yeah, in college, um, I took a test. It's called a spatial oh. awareness. So, it's like if you're really good at geometry and trigonometry and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you tend to be really good at sort of kind of knowing where right. you are, what direction you're going and stuff, which is, anyway, they can, just they, can more of an algebra. they can weed you out early.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: So, um, so I'm yeah. going to ask you can questions. Can I just say one more thing on that? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Uh, on orienteering and, and navigating and stuff, I mean, and I think this is a really, really interesting salient point when it comes to, to, to swim run and, and why Swedes perform really well. I mean, the, the terrain we have to run on here, it's, it's really rough underfoot. I mean, it's very rocky and, and rootsy and, and slippery. And, um, and, and local people here are actually brought up running on this stuff their whole lives. And, and I think mm-hmm. you can actually, safe to say literally running in this type of forest on this rough terrain and orienteering is in people's genes here. Um, mm. we have, we have a statue, which is a hundred odd years or so old in, in my local town here, of and it's of an, an orienteer. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so the sport's very old and, and all kids do it in school. And, and in fact, they have an orienteering test, uh, wow. in the school phys ed system here. So my daughter, who's 10 years old, did like two or three days of orienteering in her school just last week. And you know they had to do this this, this kind of uh, test as part of the, the the grading for phys ed. And um, and our family's actually in a local orienteering club here, which um, is over 100 years old. And and my kid's grandfather was starting that club when he was five years of age, and he, he's 75 now, and he still runs. Oh, and and uh, my partner and and all of her siblings have been to the club as well. And, uh, and now my daughter's been in the club too. So there's three generations going back over 70 years that have been doing this, you know. So I think, you know, if I could, I, I don't like to give free advice, but if I could give advice to, 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 to the Americans, you know, how they could come here and give the Swedes a little run for their money, it would be to train as much as possible on really rough terrain and um, and work on agility, balance, slippery surfaces, all that sort of stuff because I've, I've actually lived in the States a little bit myself and, and, I, and I sort of know trail running usually sort of means gravel roads and stuff in, mm-hmm. in Australia as well, you know. And um, you need to get some time going straight through the bush, you know, on the roughest stuff you can find pretty much and, and uh, train on that and, and that will give you a better chance uh, when you come to Stockholm Archipelago girl being able to negotiate what's, what's out here.
1: That's a good. That's a good pro tip there. Yeah. yeah in, in America, PE and in, in middle school is like dodgeball and basketball. Yeah. And that's about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Run around the field. We that's we had a, a a very funny uh, experience with Michael. We when we went to Catalina in in February and March uh, this year, we had just started our podcast. Was like a month and a half out, and and you know, some people knew what who we are and what we were doing, but others had no no clue. Um, but all through the Catalina sort of prep and the pre-race meeting and stuff, they're like, oh, yeah, there's buffalo on this island. So Chris and I got really excited about the potential of seeing a buffalo or a, some bison there. And yeah. when we literally when we cross the finish on the sandy beach and, and Michael standing there to give you the, you know, the patented hug after Chris gives him a hug or a high five or whatever. And he said, we're so disappointed. And he looked at us like he was like you stabbed him in the heart that oh, we were yeah. disappointed so, about so, his race yeah so
2: i think what what i what i actually said was like i have a major complaint oh that's what it
1: was and he Why was that? like he was uh-huh. like what
2: what and, it, and i was like i realized that he just totally didn't, didn't he didn't get, get that I we were was, trying to make a joke yeah um and I was like, yeah, we didn't see any bison. And he just, like, looked. He was, like, he was just basically, like, the, the next look was, like, just get the hell out of here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, move, just move along. Just move along. But, yeah, so so a couple yeah. of days before we crashed, Atala had this, like, welcome reception wine and cheese party, which we didn't sign up for, but we just crashed it. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know who these people are. And walk up to Michael. We're all kitted out wearing low-tide boys stuff. And he was like, oh, the low-tide boys. Very funny. <laughs> And we're like, uh, okay, can we <laughs> you go in? It's <laughs> He's great. He's great.
0: Yeah, well, Swedish Shimmer is kind of uh, dry and different, you could say. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, when, I mean, when you guys grow up, are you, you going to become the high tide boys? Or, um, why, why,
2: you know, why that's, why low I know. Tide? that's a good question. We, we're just, yeah, I mean, um, interestingly, we're actually, we don't do very well in low tide. So we've tried it. And it's it's not yeah. for us. If it's if it's too low, it does, <laughs> doesn't work out for us. So, um, but yeah, I, you, we we actually we've both been talking about like whenever Americans are actually able to use their passports and not have to just be a worthless piece of paper. Um, yeah. You know, at some point, we really want to do sort of like a European tour, kind of like we're a rock band, but without any hits, and oh. uh, you know, spend a week or two in... All these places that we want to try to hit and do the races yeah. and see everyone that's been following us. So, um, so that'll be fun at some point. But, uh, but Shane, that'd, I wanted to ask that'd you. Be, that'd be
0: awesome to see you. Uh, see, see, yeah, see you on it'd be tour fun. Yeah, like just, as well. Yeah, and I think and I think you guys, uh, you know, you're sort of positive and and sort of innocent, uh, sort of touch to things and, and genuine interest is is uh, what makes your your. Pod really listenable and likable, you know, oh, easy to easy it. to like straight away. Yeah,
2: thank you. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it'll be it'll be great to get our asses kicked on a race by you know more Europeans than than we usually get our asses. And kicked I'm looking by. forward
1: to a nice fika. Yeah, in nice exactly. Oh, there you go. Coffee breaks. Yeah, yes, cinnamon go. buns. Yeah. I'll so, so, Swedish so, Shane, Let's
2: let's switch gears a little bit in the you know we don't want yeah. to keep you all evening in Swedish time. That's okay. Um, but so I'm still having uh, fun. So you. I mean, you, from, from what I follow you on social media and you always seem to have really insightful either <laughs> either comments or posts about swimming. Um, and you're obviously a super experienced swimmer, but I was wondering, um, you've mentioned some, I mean, you've mentioned to us sort of your theories on, on swimming with paddles, how mm-hmm. to use them correctly. And that's a topic that we've been talking about a lot on the show recently. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if you could touch on Sort of your your thoughts on swimming with paddles and how to do that most effectively for swim run.
0: Yeah, sure. Well, this is the the, the pod of John Stevens and the, and the two ladies actually uh, right just the other day, and and uh, gee, it's pretty pretty hard to add much to that. In fact, you know, you, know, you guys uh, covered a lot of ground there, most definitely. You know, thank you. Mission um, <laughs> <This should> accomplished. <laughs> <rest of> <laughs> yeah, and and you know, I'm I'm not. Uh, any expert on swimming or, or with or, or with swimming with paddles as such, either. I mean, my, my initial experience with this was that uh, I was slower with hand paddles and, and then sort of learned to use them after a while and progressed from smallish ones up to, to, to bigger ones now, you know. And, and so I've learned by experience, and, and uh, you know, and I'm an adult trained. Uh, sort of swimming you could say i mean all kids in australia learn how to to do freestyle from a young age we don't learn how to breaststroke first we learn dog paddle and then we learn freestyle because it's the best way to swim in in the waves kind of and and um but i was always a bit of a weak swimmer in in, in australia actually because the, the standard there is really really high you know so um but uh, but I got I got better I uh, I sort of followed you know swim smooths uh, sort of philosophy and mm-hmm. and uh, went through you know their basic coach education and um, and so that's what I'm sort of now you know doing an honest job or as honest job as I can to to sort of uh, apply with the, the the little hobby coaching business I have you know I also have a, a pretty hectic day job so so mm-hmm. this is a. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I take it seriously, but but it's um, you know it's it, it is a, it's just a, a, a sideline uh, activity f- for me. Um, but I, but I think what's most interesting maybe about sort of swim run swimming is is sort of the fact that it's kind of maybe in a process of turning swimming a little bit on its head. You could say if you want to sort of take it take be a little bit controversially around this because you know previously the like swim run is using equipment which has previously been regarded as, as training equipment in in you know pool boys and, and paddles and and so no one's ever really thought about how to optimize these things and and go fast with them because they've just been, been seen just as an aid that you use occasionally during training sessions to 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 enhance you you know your, your freestyle open water or, or pool based triathlon whatever uh freestyle swimming but but there's some really sort of fundamental things that that swimming with, with paddles and, and buoyancy um, tends to do to your swimming. You know, and, and the first thing is that, well, when you stick this flotation between your legs, I mean, it, it immobilizes your legs, right? So, so you can't kick as much. I mean, you can kick a little bit with with a um, with a pool buoy in, but but you can't really kick properly from the hips uh, as you as you, as you should, you know, kick if you're kicking in open water swimming. And when you're swim running anyway, you have uh, you have shoes on, so you don't mm-hmm. want to kick because if you move your legs uh, too much at all or try to do anything, it replicates a kick in swim run with shoes on, you just go backwards quite quite literally. So I guess i said work working up the body here if you like, and and um, and the other thing having a poor boy in tends to do is that, and not being able to use your legs is that you don't get as good body rotation. And um, you can, you should try and rotate still, but because we know that's a good thing for for, for fast swimming. Mm-hmm. But the rotation's got to come from a little bit different place. I mean, when you don't have a pool boy in and you and you just barefoot and regular open water setup, you you know you can drive the rotation sort of through the legs, up through the hips, and into the core and into the arms and fingertips. But but with the legs immobilized, it's it's got to become a bit more of a core based sort of sort of movement and. Mm-hmm. And, then, and less rotation can affect the stroke in, in a few different ways. I mean, first of all, you swim flatter. So, you um, you know, the recovery phase of the stroke, it's, it's a bit harder to get clearance over the, the water uh, as you bring your hands back down to the front. So, you know, it, it tends to favour the more swinger style of of uh, strokers and you can yes, finally you know, throw their arms a bit out to the side. Yeah, exactly. So there's nothing wrong with being a swinger. Uh, for for good open water swimming and especially not for for the swim run. And I'd say that that's the style you see that's predominating, uh, you know, among the top athletes and and even the newcomers. It's worth teaching them just to swing uh, out to the side and and not do the high elbow type recovery thing from from the start because you, you are swimming a bit flatter. The other thing that's happening in, you know, the other reason body rotation is good, it's generating power, as you say, but it's also you rotate up to breathe, right? So if you don't rotate, you have to lift your head to breathe and you lose your bow wave effect and that little pocket that you want to breathe into. So so, so, so you don't want to be swimming flat for that reason. So you still need to get the rotation sort of um, uh, generated there for, for, for that reason as well. And then, of course, you've got the paddles on, so that's the, other, that's the other aspect as well. And there's just a whole bunch of stuff to unpack around there, which, which you kind of did a great job of in the last podcast. And, and that's selecting, you know, the right size. I mean, it's like gearing on a bike, isn't it? I mean, the, the, the bigger ones you try and push, it's like pushing a bigger gear at a lower cadence. That's on a great analogy, on, uh, actually, yeah. Yeah, on a bicycle. Uh, whereas if you go barehanded, then, then you can do much higher cadence, much higher turnover. Um, and that and how to optimize that I think is where there's a you know it's probably a lot of development sort of work to do because we have I mean we have data on on short distances um, but you know how does this play out like how does paddle size play out over a five-hour race or a seven eight ten-hour race I mean that that's really hard to measure and, and I think one of the few only ways to measure that's kind of just with experience perhaps. Um, but, but, um, but yeah, you know, so you can easily say, Oh, you know, my medium paddle is compared to bare hands, are you know, five seconds or 10 seconds per 400 quicker. So therefore that's the better choice. But Mm -hmm. as I said earlier, a swim room race is not a swim race and a run race. It's a whole bunch of swims and runs all tied together and, and you need to be you need to swim in such a way that you can run freely afterwards and you need to run in such a way that you can swim easily afterwards and do that repeatedly. Um, So, so, uh, so I think that's what's maybe I should leave it there by just saying that's, what's really cool about swim running is you've got these unknowns, which are maybe not as easy to kind of, Measure as as uh, maybe you know triathlon performance data analytics where you can run right, the treadmill right. and the, the wind trainer and stuff, and you can pretty much decide from that who's going to win the race. Kind of, I think. With it swim is run, there's way, still huh? yeah. it, it, there's a lot of variables, you know. So so it's it's going to keep it interesting for a while to come.
2: Oh, for sure, and I think add to that the fact that you know in triathlon you pretty much have standard distances, where in swim run mm-hmm. it's just whatever whatever the course throws your way throws your way it could be a 4k swim towards the end it, you know it could be all kinds of stuff so yeah i actually think yeah. that's that's really helpful insight so thank you so much for sharing
0: the other little thing on paddles i was going to say was that that um the I, I think there's a lot of development to do there because paddle makers uh, are for uh, swim run specific paddles are, are, are really few and all the paddles i've seen on the market um i i don't like the look of them yet, you know, like I would still tend to be making my own shapes uh, over taking anything that's out there from from the existing uh suppliers you know because I think one of the big mistakes is that that most panels still have way too much area out around the fingertips and um the more you load up the front end of the hand and the fingertips, uh, the more you put load through the forearm muscles and into the to the elbow joint. And and this is something that's actually kind of shown to me by a guy called Jonas Yolmark, who you'll find finishing within the in the top twenty, top thirty in the, in any swim run race he turns up to, because he's a wicked swimmer and and um, you know he swims uh, swims four hundred in sort of you know, five fifteen sort of pace. Uh, He designs his own paddles and and, um, they have a lot less area out around the fingertips. They have your hand position a long way forward in the paddle and um, actually these little wings. That's why I asked you about the link for these paddles you mentioned the other day, little wings that sort of go up past your forearm a little bit. And and so what this is all about is where the centre of effort or centre of area is in the paddle, right? So ideally you want the centre of area back as far as you can get it. Um, because the more you shift the centre of area back, the more you load up the lat muscles, those big powerful muscles on your back to push the water backwards or pull the water and push it backwards. Um, wow. So, yeah, so with, with, you... with a lot of area out on the fingertips, you put a lot of load in the forearms and, and um, that you don't need to do. So, and, But what's happening is people are getting very strong. They're training like this, so they're compensating for it. Um, but they're probably using a bit of energy that they, they don't need to, to use, and I know myself. I gave myself um, golfers' elbow and tennis elbow using two bigger paddles with too much area mm. out the front uh, when I first started. So that uh, for injury protection point of view as well, I'd say yeah, shift the area back as far as you can get it, um, and it's going to help things out, you know. And and so what's happened as well with with swimming in swim run setup is that that with the flotation, okay, these massive pool boys now any of these kind of little errors that you have in your stroke uh, tend to get masked, you know, you don't see them. So if you've got push down on the front part of the stroke, you know, too too hard to push down in the early phase and you're not getting into catch earlier enough, normally in, in regular open water setup without a wetsuit, that would make your feet sink and it would really sort of, you know, destroy horizontal position. But with a big pull boy in, well, you know, you hardly even notice uh, if a swimmer's pushing down too much on the front of the stroke or not, because it's mm-hmm. not having an effect on on their position horizontally. But they will be using energy they should they don't need to use by doing that, you know. So, so I, you know, the swimmers I'm with uh, teaching, I, I'm sort of, I am trying to teach them how to be good open water swimmers without gear as well, um, mm-hmm. because I think if you've got that grounding, then that's going to carry over into good swim run swimming. Uh, I think the opposite isn't true. There's a lot of good swim run swimmers that when you take the gear off them, they have a shocking <laughs> open water style because they're just, they're just training with, uh, with this enormous buoyancy in the back end. And, and, uh, and that's that's fine too. It's about what your goals are. Uh, i I love the idea of getting out in open water swimming and competing in the old triathlon. So I wanna be good at that too.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it just gives you more options for, for exercise and stuff if you can do that as well. So but um, but there are a lot of people just training the Swim run swimming with full gear on in the pool and right. and um guilty and nothing
2: yet yeah so mm-hmm. so I mean so it sounds like just to rephrase that a little bit, so in your opinion, you think it's it's a it's a good idea for anyone who's trying to become a swim runner to kind of not give up having just r- your traditional open water swim skills and not just totally rely on giant pool buoy and paddles in training
0: well yes but but if you want to win, win swim run races you it, you probably should just train with the with the gear all the time. That's what, what people are doing mm-hmm. if you If you want to enjoy the purity of swimming and, and and be able to open water swim on a hot day without a wetsuit or anything on just jumping in your speedos and still be able to happily swim 2k in open water mm-hmm. um, then I'd say, yeah, learn. Learn to be a good open water swimmer as well, and it's definitely not going to hurt your swim run, swimming because you'll learn what makes good, you know, efficiency in the water, good position, streamlining. Uh, what excessive push down on the front of the stroke does? Uh, why it's important to get a good catch and, and push you out the back, and, and all these sorts of things. So, so, so yeah, I'd, I'd say don't uh, don't abandon um, traditional ideas around you know, freestyle swimming and, and what makes a good, good freestyle. It will translate into good swing on swimming.
1: Wow. I love it. That is, that yeah. is some, that is some awesome insights there. I'm sure people are going to have, have, have questions about where they can learn more uh, about some of the stuff that you said. I'm curious to see what these DIY paddles look like. Um, mm. So what, what's your Instagram handle or do you have a website or email if if people want to reach out to to get in touch, to hear more about, about what you've been saying.
0: Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm, um, what is it now? Uh, no freestyle groove swim coaching. So freestyle groove underscore swim coaching. Um, and the reason I chose the name freestyle groove was because I think everyone has their own special Style and groove to find when they swim you know hmm. people swim swim styles are as, as, as varied and, and and personal as, as, it, as individual personalities are and, and no two people look the same in the water so it's it's all about working with the the swimmer and their type and and just helping them find their own particular groove so that's my kind of my, my take on nice. On, on, on teaching people, yeah, I love
2: and, it. You know, groove is a groovy word too. So super groovy, we're all very groovy. Over I there. watch a
1: lot of Scooby Doo, and, and it's a very groovy word. Um, and then, so you, you're you're a coach as well. Do you have virtual uh, abilities, or can I don't know what is you have a website there that people can go to kind of connect up with you in that way? I don't know if you do like video analysis or any of that stuff. I know that kind of is coming more popular
0: yeah yeah i i i do that uh, i i coach a local triathlon club and okay. and um during the um summer here I actually started a uh intro to open water and, and, and freestyle swimming and swim run course and actually from that've created a little local swim run group here who are now sort of nice. uh, training train the pool with as well it's, it's, this is already small scale for me so I don't have a website i um i'm uh, I'm enjoying more the the People contact uh, aspect of it than the uh, anything in the in the virtual realm, and yeah. I don't have time to develop that side of it either. As I'm saying, I have a I have a pretty serious day job in a bank as well. So,
3: totally, yeah. so
0: so this is uh, you, you know although I take swimming fairly seriously and and uh, in the coaching side it's it's uh, it's. It's quite you know sort of personalized and small it's scale a, at this stage,
1: it's, but, it's what but yeah, call, happy to I
0: happy mean, to, to discuss things with people. I think it's it's really interesting always to exchange ideas around this stuff.
1: Um, yeah, we'll be sure to thing. include the yeah. links on that in in the show notes there for sure, for sure, for sure. sure.
0: But that wasn't the idea of me coming on your pod to,
1: to promote. Swim oh, coaching. it never, oh, no. It
2: ne- <laughs> no, that's our idea. <laughs> that no, wasn't idea. your idea. It's our idea. Um, so Shane, wasn't <laughs> <on> my agenda. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for, for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge. And, I mean, we, we really enjoyed Fascinating. it. Fascinating. And, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll see you in person when we do our European tour. Yeah, 20, that'd be great. You have to look us up for sure,
0: something. and, and uh, we can uh, show you some of the local terrain out here definitely in Hell some yeah. different courses oh my god so, uh, we, we're gonna, i mean we're, we're, we're gonna, gonna have worked. to be super fit yeah we're gonna we're, get so worked everyone's gonna be like
2: yeah let's go do this like 30k summer i was like "Oh, it's tuesday we just did a 41 <laughs> 40k yesterday anyway shane thank nah, you, so you much. guys you
0: guys are putting in you'll be you'll be fine and uh you know I, i've always had a lazy approach to training as well you know I, I i don't like following programs i tend to feel like a robot when i follow them so i go a lot by feel and, and uh Tend to do as little as possible to, to, to stay healthy and not injured and be able to go around in reasonable time. So so uh, you'll
2: be fine. <laughs> well, we totally co sign with, with that training strategy. So, Shane, thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Great. Thanks ever so much for having thank me. Thank you
1: for listening to the Low Tide Boys, a swim run podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review on iTunes if you're so inclined. You can also sign up for
2: a newsletter at lowtideboys.com. That's boys with a Z. And check out our meme page at the Low Tide Boys on Instagram. If you have any questions or suggestions for the show, drop us
1: an email at lowtideboys at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Writing Easy Records for our show music and, of course, our wives for their support and tolerance of our swim run activities, hobbies, and other bullshit we do. <laughs>
2: Finally, <laughs> you can support our efforts on Patreon. Until next time, get out there and go for
1: a swim. And then a run. And then another swim then another run and then another swim and then run to the finish line and just keep going until you're done yes or until run to you cross the, or, the finish line or
2: run to the car or run to your car somewhere just keep running Peace.